This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. You know, before we start the show and before I introduce anyone that's on the show, I want to say, holy shit, we got funded and holy shit, our Kickstarter was amazing <laughs> and we we broke almost all of our stretch goals in the last two days. I, I, I cannot thank you guys enough. Seriously, it's... I, I can't... I have no words. Um... There are two fantastic human beings on the show with me this week, uh, Nick White hey, and Kate Scotchless. Hello. Thank you both for joining me. I'm, can we just take a second? How are you guys feeling post-Kickstarter? Because I'm feeling elated and my brain cannot process um, what's coming next. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, my general feeling towards people and, and their, their willingness to help out other people is is pretty pretty damn low so uh when i see something like this it uh changes your worldview it sort of forces me to have to consider changing my worldview and um yeah in that regard i really don't appreciate everyone's contributions so (laughs) thanks a lot um, thanks a lot for for forcing personal growth on my part um you know (laughs) no really we 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 really appreciate it um, we're, we're genuinely shocked. All I'm trying to say is I'm probably more shocked than probably everyone. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I look forward I... to all of the illegal contraband we'll be able to buy oh, with all of this. Oh, jeez, no. I'm just kidding, everyone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We have clearly and strictly outlined the usage of these funds. In yes. our Kickstarter, clearly. For this specific reason, because God yes. forbid Nick took the wheel yeah. and just went crazy with the mm-hmm. checkbook that we have. That I still mm-hmm. have an archaic checkbook. Uh, Kate, how are you feeling? How, how are things? <laughs> you know, all that. I'm good. I'm excited because this means new uh, tech for us, which means we can do new and exciting things. Yeah. I'm mostly excited to be do a, an in-person hangout with people and actually be able to record something and have it not sound like garbage um, like we've tried to do in the past. This is going to be fantastic yeah i don't Um, know that most people realize that like if you huddle around a single mic like we each have our individual ones but if you use one mic for multiple people it will sound like actual garbage to your ears yeah so now we have the thing that make oh we'll have the thing that makes it so you don't have to do that yeah it's it's gonna be great and we're going to emerald city comic-con uh, at least some of us are. We're still figuring out the details there, um, and they we're going to be able to do stuff there. It's my my brain. I just can't. And we're going to have people like recording actual mi- a mini sode with us. We're going to have people crafting episodes. We're going to have people doing hangouts. Like, I I I'm so excited to get all this planned. Like my my Excel spreadsheet is like on fire with excitement. Um, and because I'm just typing away and constantly modifying things, um, to make it all <laughs> scheduled out. Like the the Excel nerd in me is going crazy. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, those words have never been spoken before. <laughs> yeah. Just on the, um, on the on the on the back of the, the the pull quote on the back of Excel, which is a joke because no one buys Excel. It's just Mike. It's just like a '90s photo of Mike rapping like in front of the computer, and his hands are on fire, and his hair is like stuck up, you know, like electricity shit. And he's like, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't withstand this power of Excel 20, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trademark. Nick, uh, you definitely just spoiled my plans for next year. Thanks, yeah, Nick. I'm sure Bill um, Gates is going to void that contract with you any day now. Yeah. <laughs> Non-disclosure agreement. Anyways, anyways, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Let me ask the question that I ask every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Kate. I'm good. Um, I actually, in a relevant turn of events, spent some time this week fighting with Excel, doing break-evens, which is Woo! real exciting stuff. Uh, 
No, I I would rather burn Excel to the ground. So I don't know where you're coming from, but we can still be friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I've read a whole bunch of comics actually recently uh, in trades because I had one of those events where you order things from the library and then you order them one at a time over a series of months and then they all come in at once like they always do. Yeah, so yeah. I uh, was able to read The Ancient Magus Bride, Volume 2, which is a manga. And that's by Corey Yamazaki and Adrian Beck. Adrian Beck's the translator, so it's the mm-hmm. uh, Corey does everything else. Uh, but I feel like for manga, the translator is incredibly important. So I want to give a shout out there because Definitely. There's, there's some really rough translations out there that uh, mm-hmm. they can be fun in the, the campy way. But for a book like this, it's much more serious, and um, it's like a fantasy book, but it's a, a serious tone mostly. And so, having a really well translated dialogue is important because there's, especially with different creatures speaking in very specific kind of cadences and styles. So the art is still fabulous in this volume. The story uh, faltered a bit, you know, that sophomore slump, and it. It kept going back to the the piece of the story that bothers me that I have to forget about in order to enjoy the book, which is that he purchased her as a bride, like the two main characters, one purchased the other as like a child bride, which is Mm -hmm. awful. And you have to just, and it's like barely a point in the first one. It's just like, and that's how they came together. And it's like weird in fantasy world, but still creepy. And so with this one, they like mentioned it a couple more times. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to keep going with this. Like, it's definitely a library book, not a purchase book. And I wish it didn't have that because everything (laughs) else is great. Like, the art is incredible. Like, I don't usually like manga art, but the art in this one's fantastic. Um, And otherwise, it's very, like, kind of Harry Potter-ish with someone, the main character, finding out that she has powers and then learning about this whole new magical world with all its creatures and all these different, you know, people trying to, yeah, which is, you know, right up my alley. Uh, I also read Angela Asgard's Assassin, Volume 1, Priceless. That's a lot of titles, but uh, that's Mm -hmm. the one by Kieran Gillen uh, with, and Marguerite Bennett, I think, also wrote part of it. With art mm-hmm. by a whole bunch of people like Phil Phil Jimenez. There we go. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Lebu Underwood did inks. Scott Hanna was also doing inks, and Tom Palmer, and then Stephanie Hans does some art on it, which are, is God, she's amazing. And mm-hmm. Ramolo Fajardo is doing colors, and Clayton Cowles on letters, and Clayton Coles. Clayton Coles. <laughs> what? What? We're getting hard with the names. We're getting hard that with is, the name. That is probably the on one name we're okay, really. Okay, well, hard with. Yeah. I just got fired, so it was nice talking to you guys. Um, Thanks for being on the show, Kate. For yeah, yeah, never talk to you again. Um, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, so letters were super important in this book because you have obviously the Asgardians speak with their fancy font, and then there's monsters screeching and all that stuff, and some people when they do it it gets like looking ridiculous or hard to read and i we've all been trying to make a point of because it's lettering it's like you don't notice it unless it's bad usually so i want to shout out because this is so good you don't even think about it you just hear thor's voice and you hear angela's voice you know what i mean right so um which is very much via the stylized fonts um the art is incredible. The book is inc- like why why hasn't everyone read this? You know what I mean? Karen Gillan, am I right? Yeah. 
I, I haven't read this, but what? yeah. Okay, that's on your list. That's on your list. It is um, Angela, because she was stolen, right, by the angels as a baby from Asgard. And so now she, this is after the whole Guardians of the Galaxy arc where she shows up. And so now in Retribution, she goes and steals the new baby of Freya and Odin. So her little sister... And she takes it to heaven and like, so she's being pursued by all like Thor and all the Asgardians and everything. Um, and then there's, you know, plot twists and this and that about what, who's, who's really who and who, what the true motives are and what she's really doing. And is she a good person or a bad person or maybe somewhere in between? And she's like best friends with Gamora and I'm just so jealous. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she's amazing. And he manages to get her a new costume in there that has more things covered which is fantastic because uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a metal bikini happening in a lot of Angela books, which is not ideal. So I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely reading the next volume if I can figure out which what is the next volume. So that's it's one of those Thor Thorverse books that's a little confusing for what comes mm-hmm. after what. So. Anything else? No, I mean I read some Star Wars books to prep for this, but we'll uh, talk about those later. I think. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to go into it or not. <laughs> oh, um, no, no, Nick, I'll what, save my rant. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Nick, what did you read this week? How have you been as well? Uh, yeah, things things have been busy. Uh, yesterday, went to Grand Rapids and... Um, Partied with the coolest person ever? Yeah, yeah, we went over <laughs> oh, yeah. to it Brian's It was your birthday yesterday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Kay. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. Watched some stuff and hang out, and Jordan and I went to Fye because it was like it's like 2006 all over again, and we actually want to buy CDs. So yeah, um, got the Stranger Things uh, soundtrack part one. For those unaware, I made a very dumb mistake uh, several months back and didn't do my research and realized the Stranger Things soundtrack was split into two parts, and I was like, oh, Stranger Things, bought it, got home, oh, it's part two. Uh, not that, not that if I put on the soundtrack and you listen to it, you'd be like, oh, clearly this is the second half of the show. I would have been none the wiser. <laughs> I mean, I love synthesizer music. It doesn't always work that well when you like, you know, like bring your friends over, let's party. And it's like, you know, the Stranger Things soundtrack. Um, not that I invite people over and party anyway. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I would say... Uh, the Stranger Things soundtrack is probably great stuff for studying to or doing homework to, uh, but it's not the sort of thing that you you know want to hold a, a, a rager to, I guess you could say. So that was I mean, my big I mean, thing. And Nick Depends does hold a lot of smoking. rages. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, it does come with a demigor- demigorgon temporary tattoo, though. So I think <laughs> nice. I pretty much uh, am the winner of this weekend. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing getting dragged to Fye yesterday is uh, it's basically hot topic. Like uh, yeah. Like, you can spend $50 on a weird pillow that's maybe an emoji and maybe just some weird character. And, you like, all that stuff that I associate with Hot Topic, like overpriced weird Harley Quinn stuff and everything, it's there now. That's what I look at when these guys are hunting for CDs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Regrettably, I was trying to find the Naked and the Famous CD, but um, they didn't have the new album, so newer-ish album. So you know, Uh, anyone who has access to that, just send it my way. Thank you, please, Nick. Anyways, probably download this on the internet. Yeah, I know. What Um, did you read? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh, this is about comics. Oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, like as much as I would like to hear this, because I still can't believe people buy CDs. I mean, I know. I'm living a hip, cool life in New York. But you know me. You know me with with my tinfoil hat, Steve Jobs, and and Bill Gates. You know. 
know, when the post-apocalyptic era inevitably happens and DRM is still a thing, people are going to be like, geez, I wish the internet was still a thing so I could listen to my music. I get you. I get you. Yep. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, So I did read a few things, probably not as much as normal as I was kind of put on this show uh, last minute, but uh, I did have a couple things. Hey, you know, things things happen. Things Things happen. happen. That's okay. That's okay. I'm just glad I read a few things. Um, I read Briggsland, Lone Wolves Volume, sorry, not Volume, Issue 4. This is one of the issues um, in this miniseries that is a standalone that really tends to do a side story with a guest artist. Uh, This uh, month, thankfully, it's Vanessa Del Rey. uh, Nice. Of... um, hit fame, as well as Constantine the Hellblazer fame, as well as... I know she just... Yes, that was the other one. Exactly. So we have a side story about Abby Briggs, who is the middle brother's wife. Uh, And it's an interesting perspective uh, and an interesting person to focus on because here we have someone who married into the family. And inevitably, you have that question of what sort of person marries into a militia compound sort of mentality group like who who's like you know sign me up for a date with that guy from waco right <laughs> and uh <laughs> david crush he sounds like a know. nice man what's that mike i said maybe you just don't know maybe you go on a couple dates you're like well i never get invited to his house but uh he seems really nice <laughs> yeah. and then it turns out <laughs> we're always at my place what's the deal uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it sort of discusses that, and it's interesting because it's a great question. And the the focus of the issue is um, a younger, like a sixteen year old girl in the community comes to her because she's pregnant. She's not really certain if she wants to have the kid. She knows that according to the sort of religious rules of this base, like you know, children, gift from God. It would sure be a waste if you did anything with them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, whatever you believe about that, that's fine, but that's what they think, and she's not so certain she feels that way, uh, and so she comes to Abby for help and maybe getting off of the compound and, um, resolving that situation however she chooses to do, um, so it was a pretty serious issue, but it was, it was also a very interesting issue because you have her sort of going back into quote-unquote normal life and, and interacting with some of her old friends from college who find out that she actually ended up marrying, you know, into the infamous Briggs family, and Mm -hmm. conversations and conflicts happen. Uh, Really, really interesting issue. I really love these standalone, character-centric side stories, and and Brian Wood loves formatting his, his runs like this. I know it's not something everyone else does, but he really does this with so many of his works. Um, you see it a lot in Massive as well. Uh, you see it in Rebels as well. Um, yep. So I really, really, really enjoyed that. I also read Batman 30. This is the second uh, Kite Man-centric issue. Um, you kind of have Kite Man bouncing around, helping out all of these other villains. Um, and as they inevitably get captured and captured and captured, he ends up being like the one who keeps being left. And that's not a coincidence, that's not an accident, it's all on purpose, but why? We also find out that, I think it was the Riddler, uh, claims he killed Kite Man's son? Uh, is that true? Yeah, I believe there was a whole, that the first issue that focused on Kite Man was about the yeah. tragedy of Kite Man. And I didn't know if it was like a bluff or something, because I didn't remember anything relating to that. And I was like, holy fuck, this is really dark. Um, uh, now I feel like I need to reread that, but I'm pretty yeah, sure me too. that's what happened. Yeah. Um, 
Spoilers uh, for Batman, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what is that book on right now? Sorry, like 35 like, or something? This is I don't 30. know. I know. I'm, I know. I'm in the early 20s still, so like, I hate you forever. Yeah, no, yeah I was going to say, like, Kate, hey, maybe you shouldn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> cover no, your ears, Kate. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm resigned to spoilers for Batman. That's one of those books that you can't really avoid spoilers if you get yeah, too behind it's true. on. Oh, it's yeah. just like oh, Twitter yeah. will spoil it. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. I fell off. Like I haven't read where Swamp Thing shows up. That's that's the next issue oh. for me. Oh, so I'm way back you, there. You, you okay. need to read that yeah. issue. Yeah, that's yeah. a standalone. It's a uh, mark my words. It will win a couple awards this year for sure. Oh. Um, okay, we'll I see. Think so yeah, uh, one other thing. I, I do have some Star Wars stuff. We'll deal with that later. Um, but I read EXO number seven. Um, this, of course, is the second iteration of EXO Man of War, um, written by Matt Kent. This is the first issue drawn by Clayton Crane, who, of course, worked with Matt Kent pretty extensively on the books Rye and also the 4001 event. Crane is such a good fit for this pulp sci-fi series that you almost struggle in a way to try to remember who was on this book before him. It almost feels like he's been there the whole <laughs> damn time. It's like, yes. oh, fuck, who was here? Oh, that's right, Thomas Giarello. Okay. Um it's an interesting issue. Um, we learned that there is an extraplanetary um, group of individuals that's working with the dominant political party to sort of kill the rest, and it's 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 too. It's too difficult to try to get into the political uh, shit of this book because, honestly, in a lot of ways, this book is slowly gravitating more and more towards Game of Thrones, both in terms of the political complexity as well as the <laughs> unadulterated violence that accompanies it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, really pretty much right there. Well, uh, I have for- a really pressing question about this book. Yeah, that sure. Maybe you can answer. What do the X and the O stand for? Um, great question. Extra awesome. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> I th- I'll, I'll think, see myself out. I think it, <laughs> I think it possibly has something to do with XO being a military abbreviation. I think for executive officer, I'm sure someone in the military or something is going to be like, "You fucking idiot!" It's completely wrong. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah. I Unsubscribe. think it has. Yeah, I think it has something to do with that. I know that. Obviously, this character's been named like this since the 90s, and so I really don't know maybe what was fueling the name back then as well, Hmm. but um, I think it has something to do with that. Otherwise, I have no idea, because obviously, um, you know, the suit's alien, so they wouldn't name it that, and he's a Visigoth, so they have no reason to be calling anything Man of War back then, so... right. I'll I'll Wikipedia a few things later today, Kate. I'll I'll let you know okay. what I find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This pressing what, question, yes. What 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 about you, Mike? What what have you read? What have you been doing other than um, freaking out over Kickstarter? <laughs> uh, uh, when I've yeah, I've actually found some time to read comics. I after the Kickstarter finished up on Friday night, um, when I had a handful of uh, whiskey drinks and watched Edge of Seventeen. <laughs> um, Why don't do though? that? Don't Why? don't ever do that. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Is that the Woody Harrelson one where he's a teacher? Woody Harrelson's a teacher. I don't remember who was in this movie, quite honestly. I had a lot of alcohol by the time I started it. Yes. Anyways, watch that. Uh, And I did read some comics over the week. I did read uh, Runaways number three. This is by Rainbow Rowell. Chris Mm -hmm. Anka with colors by Matt Wilson and letters by Joe Caramagna. And oh my gosh, 
I, I don't really want to say anything else about this book because really, um, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but my heart feels really good and really bad every time I pick up this, this series. We're three issues in. If you read the original Runaways Run, prepare to have your heart broken. Um, this issue is fantastic, and it's it's exciting, but it's also sad. And I really love the way that Rainbow Rowell has tackled a lot of the issues in this series so far. Um with, I mean, the, the obvious big story spoiler that you get from the first pages of issue one are that Gert is back to life. She's, she's, she is found in the past by Chase. He brings her back and she's healed. And now Gert is trying to understand how to deal with being alive as at like a 15, 16 year old when all her friends are in her, their 20s. And just yesterday for her, they were all kids on the run. And now Boy, I wish not. I had that problem. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's a, Oh man, it's such a good book, and Chris Anka's art gets better every issue. And it's—I don't think that it's him improving; it's that he has such a hone on the characters that it feels right. The whole book feels right, and I—I I made a big shout out about this on Twitter. It's so fucking good. This is uh, one with the dinosaur, me, right? Yes, this yeah. is the one with the dinosaur. And with the 280 character limit, I can now credit everyone in my tweet, and I'm actually <laughs> happy about that. Um, Have you read Runaways, read- Nick? Um, I haven't. I uh, oh, man, I know that it's like kids and their parents are supervillains, and that's it. Yeah, no, you yeah. Would, right? you would like it, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Brian K. Vaughn. Um, his work at Marvel, he did a really good job with this book. Um, Who drew and then the he original on, run? I do Staples? not remember off the top of my head. I don't think it was Staples. No, no, mm. no, no. Okay. It was before all of that. Um, but you should you should find it. it. Usually goes on super duper sale on Amazon if you're interested in buying it there. Otherwise. Um, you can always find the trades at libraries. I know there it's becoming very popular with the TV show coming up. Um, otherwise, I read uh, Ro- Royal City number seven. This is Jeff Lemire on write- writing and art with lettering by Steve Wands. Um, this is in the middle of a story arc, so I won't say much about it. Uh, it's it's very nineties, and I like that Jeff Lemire is keeping the the nineties aesthetic in terms of music and just backgrounds and things like that and just subtle mentions and his letters in the back of the of the book always have a playlist and he's got a spotify playlist out there so if you need to have that throwback moment Ooh. of grunge and 90s music it's all out there um i well, i'll post a link to it in the show notes but it's, it's really great i've got um, the trade of that still sitting around is that book i mean uh, don't spoil this if it turns out to be spoilery your your answer sure. but is it does the book remain very grounded, real-life drama, or does it shift at all? It remains real-life drama. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, that's that's the most I'll say about it. Yeah. Sure, that's fair. Um, let's see. Otherwise, I did read The Dying and the Dead, numbers one through six. Can't wait I, for trade two. Can't wait. I, <laughs> so I picked this up. I picked up the issues that I was missing a while ago during an image sale. Th- remembering that in 2015, when this book started, I was super hyped about it. And I read the first two issues at least five times, mm-hmm. um, waiting for the third issue to come out. And then when it finally did, it was after a massive delay. And then four, five, and six came out in quick succession. And I believe they're now <laughs> back on a monthly schedule. Um, but this book started two years ago, and they're only six issues in because of some delay. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to point at anybody about who did this. But Jonathan Hickman um, on writing, Ryan Bodenheim on art, with Michael Garland on colors, and Russ Wooten on letters. This book is a became a really interesting war story about revenge and mm-hmm. legacy and war and death and the gruesomeness of men with power. And I think that huh. that's con- that that's constantly good. a theme. 
Yeah, it's, this is a theme that I think Jonathan Hickman really loves to write about. A lot of his books are about this. East of West is a lot about this, mm-hmm. um, as well as a... There's, I mean, there's other parts of things in East of West, so I don't think it hammers on so hard as much as Dying in the Dead does. But um, Secret was kind of like this, which is another book that I believe had the same team with Jonathan Hickman on writing and Russ, uh, uh, Ryan Bodenheim on art and so on. Um, and I really, really like the way that this, the direction this book took. Um, I thought that it was going to stay in this old men need to get the job done thing. And instead, they go into the past to discuss why the loyalty between the main characters exists. And it kicks ass. It's so good. Um, yeah, if you it's probably read my this favorite book, Hickman book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful story. It's not as complex as any as many other Hickman books have been. So I think if you're looking for a Jonathan Hickman book to jump onto, pick up the first, pick up the six issues of this book that are out. Get ready for the seventh one that comes out at the end of November. Um, it's very very good. Here's here's your um, poll quote, John Hickman. If you're a fucking dummy like me. You'll like this book. Um, <laughs> honestly, the uh, color palette in this book is amazing. Like, the yeah. way this book uses color is... Ugh. Jesus, yeah. Well, Michael Garland, I, like I said, I believe he also did Secret with the same team, and he kicked so much ass in that book, I told myself that if I saw him and Ryan Bodenheim doing another book, I'd buy it. And that's where Dying in the Dead came from. Like, I, to Nick's point, I, I, the colors make this book. Ryan Bodenheim's art is fantastic and in- incredibly intricate, but without Michael Garland's color palette to emphasize points in the story, it wouldn't be the same book. It would just be a plain Jane story. But the colors really hammer on the points being made in the story. I don't know how you write for that. <laughs> like, I, This team works together very, very well in that regard. Um, I guess finally the last thing I read was Journey into Mystery Volume 1, Fear Itself. I... <laughs> I've been sitting on this book for a while. I picked it up on a super duper sale on Amazon, I think. And uh, so I grabbed like all of the Journey into Mystery volumes and I read volume one and half of volume two. This is Kieran Gillen. Uh, in volume one, it's Kieran Gillen, Doug Braithwaite, uh, Doug Braithwaite uh, with Ulysses Areola and Andy Troy on colors and Clayton Coles on lettering. This is a really fun caper. This is a book all about just a plan coming together with Kid Loki, and I understand why Tia loves this book so much, and I haven't even gotten through all of it. Like, I picked it up, I picked up how fun this book was in issue two of the volume. So, as Fallout for Fear Itself, say what you will about Fear Itself, this book was actually very good. So, if you get a chance to read that big old Journey into Mystery omnibus that's out there for like a hundred bucks, <laughs> it's, I can tell you, it's very well worth it. Um... Yeah, so, and I'm going to keep reading into this series. I've, like, abandoned all of my weekly books just to read Journey into Mystery at this point. So, yeah, um, this, this definitely feels like a rabbit hole to fall down into and just, like, be in love with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a binge-worthy comic series. It, yeah, I think it absolutely is. Um, so I'm going to keep reading. I'll, I'll report back next week. But anyways, uh, for books that are coming out this week, uh, November 15, 2017 is when comic books are released. What are you guys reading this week? Let's start with you, Nick. Uh, for me, it's definitely Bloodshot Salvation, number three. Um, as usual, <laughs> Batman does not need my help to sell copies. So, um, <laughs> uh, so this is... <laughs> oh, how'd you hear about Batman? Oh, it was Nick White. Nick White clued yeah, in. Yeah, I read comic books podcast. Before he that, Batman, Batman is no very idea. underground, you know? Yeah, you've probably never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's played by a guy named Ben Affleck, up-and-coming actor. Um so yeah, uh, Bloodshot Salvation is the most recent iteration of this um, series, uh, written by Jeff Lemire and drawn uh, in equal parts 
by Miko Suwayan and Louis LaRosa. Um, LaRosa writing the current timeline arc and Suwayan writing the future timeline arc. Of course, this is the one uh, featuring Ray, um, as he's otherwise known, Bloodshot, um, uh, in the present day, dealing with the fact that his girlfriend's family is grade A crazy and evil, um, and in the future, dealing with the fact that he's seemingly dead, and his daughter, Jessie, who is, I think is nine, is on the run with his um, wife, and also Bloodshot's supposed to be dead then. And I've read the preview of three. It looks really, really good. We find out more about this supposed idea that Bloodshot's actually dead. And we find out um, minor spoilers, because um, I've read the preview, guys. But this is crazy as hell. Um, they get Punk Mambo, who's like this supernatural Channel of the Dead character, which is cool. She's kind of this character that bounces between books. I think she's only had a one-shot. She's never actually had her own series. Um, so they channel uh, Ray in a nice little, um, I guess... Um, seance of sorts and they find out he's not dead he's trapped in 4002 what the ever-loving fuck what? um <laughs> yeah cool believe cool it's i mean cool because i mean that means we get to go back to the 4001 universe which uh that's awesome i'm totally on board with revisiting that um uh, my only question is after you know 30 or 40 minutes in that universe what's going to be left alive if bloodshot's there <laughs> so <laughs> um so that's grade a fucking crazy as hell uh and then in the present day we're going to get to see more about uh ray going to deal with magic's father and his crazy little cult uh, down in the south, uh, where he's known to everyone as Daddy, and he believes that he is the uh, uh, God's prophet. Uh. <laughs> he believes he's God's prophet, uh, and Bloodshot's like, the guy's like, oh, are you going to threaten me? And Bloodshot's like, I'm not going to threaten you. I'm actually here to just flat out kill you. Uh, and the guy's like, Fun. you can't kill me. I'm 300 years old. And I'm like, what he's like that's what happens when you're you're god's emissary uh and you know, according to his religious beliefs that must mean that um you know, bloodshot he says i've been waiting for you because he believes that bloodshot is the antichrist who has finally come to earth um oh boy so this sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> i'm really really i cannot wait to read this issue uh because bloodshot's probably going to kill everyone um Unless this guy has weird powers. So I'm really, really interested. Um, it sounds like it's going to be zany as hell. Uh, I mean, why do I keep reading books about, like, fringe military compound groups? This is I think like, you just really connect with these. You're like, oh, tell me more about your bunker. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, tell me more about your, 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 your you know, your go bag. And, and you know, <laughs> I've been watching some of those shows where people turn off all the lights in their house and they do the drills where they count all the, all the steps to the front door so they can do it when the apocalypse happens and the power runs out and nick are you prepping um, something like is, are you worried about called the end Dooms of times it's called doomsday prepping michael it's called doomsday <laughs> prepping and okay. it's 42 steps okay. to the front door uh i think this is something you ought to work on yourself because some of us are prepared should, some I of should. us have already filled the bathtub with water for when it inevitably happens and some of us are watching the road just non-stop just over and over again vigo mortensen <laughs> You know, guiding that kid through post-apocalyptic America. Which, side note, haven't seen that movie. You should. I don't. Um, I don't even know what movie we're talking about. The Road. So, um, the Road, starring Vigo okay. Mortensen. Okay. You You could also Kate, read what, the book. Kate. 
Just shout out plug for books. Yeah. Yeah. Is Viggo Mortensen in the book? No. 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 Okay. Okay. We're going to move on to a different rant. Yeah, please move on. (laughs) Kate, what what are you excited for this upcoming weekend? Please, God, tell me it's not something about the end of the world. It's not. (laughs) It's about moving into a new movie. Um, So Star Wars, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Star Wars naming uh, stuff now that Disney's taken over, like it's subtitle among subtitle, which aren't afraid with the second most prolific brand that exists. Well, I mean, the comic (laughs) books are something that's still out there for a lot of people. So you know what? It's okay. So I like. I mean, like, as much as I joke about the titling, it works really well because it's also consistent with all the novels, which I've been reading some of. And so it's Star Wars, which is your initial brand. And then there's Journey to the Force Awakens and or Journey to Star Wars or whatever. And so this one is Journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is another subtitle, right? And then it's Captain Phasma. Hooray! Which is a mouthful because Star Wars uh, Disney Marvel stuff is being named with subtitle on subtitle these days. But it's actually pretty handy if you're like following along between novels and comics and all that. Right, right. Um, so I think this is a miniseries. I can't imagine how many people are actually doing that, but you know. What? Okay. I know a couple. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, so I think it's a miniseries, but asterisk on that because I'm not sure. But it doesn't say like volume one or anything. So I'm assuming. Okay. But it's... Uh, it's set between uh, episode seven and episode eight, and it's about how Phasma escaped the destruction of Starkiller Base, which should be fun. The big selling point for me, besides just needing more Star Wars content because I'm so excited for the movie, is Marco Cicchetto is on art for this. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the one who did all my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Gamora art back when we had that in our lives, uh, before it was killed off mercilessly by Marvel. And Kelly Thompson's doing the writing. And I generally like her stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it should be fun. It should be Star Wars-y and beautiful and a good time. And it's like 17 bucks because now we're publishing everything first in paperback, which is awesome. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 genuinely curious as to what happened to Captain Phasma. Maybe I'll maybe I'll grab this or something. See, I did point. not understand the obsession with her. Like that was one of those characters, like Barb and Stranger Things, where the internet went nuts for Captain Phasma, and then the brain right. was People just like, like shiny shit. It's really like, that simple, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're all it's a bunch really of magpies. No, yeah. no, I think it, I think it was just that there was this elite stormtrooper. And it was Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there was a lot of hype built around it. And unfortunately, the character didn't get a lot of screen time. No, like, But a I few think minutes. that's going to change in the next movie. Like, she's going to be an important character in the series, not necessarily in a particular movie. Yeah, I think you're I mean, right. we said this about Boba Fett with Empire Strikes Back, and then he proceeded to fall into a living pit in, a, in the sand. So, um, <laughs> you yeah. never We've know. been disappointed before. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever it is, there's all the merch just you be, want out there. Yeah, for just it. be worried. <laughs> Because they're exactly. like, people like it? Okay, um, just churn it out. <laughs> so Right, right. Um, well, yeah, for me this week, I'm really excited for a new book called Fence. Issue number one is coming out. This is by C.S. Picat with artists by Joanna, Joanna the Mad, I this guess. This is Boom, I, right? This is from Boombox. Um, the story is about a 16-year-old character named Nicholas Cox who's an outsider in the competitive fencing world. And right away, you've hooked me in because this sounds super manga, super anime. <laughs> I'm assuming like, it is manga, right? If, if you're in the fencing world, like, no one's an outsider in the fencing world. Like, if, if fencing <laughs> yeah. is your sport, like, there's no, there's, like, no bad boy fencer. Like, that's, like, that's, like, right up there with lacrosse in terms of, like, 
yeah i i get that i just think it's like the premise is funny and the record the the synopsis has like it's like for fans of yuri on ice and check please and i'm like i love both of those things and the art just the art alone (laughs) i can already see like i'm gonna be totally into this book so i'm really excited to have another cool like all ages book that's kind of on my poll that isn't super serious and is going to be it's going to be over the top serious, but in a way that it's, I'm going to love all of the characters. The same way that Yuri on Ice is was like over manga? the top serious. Okay, is this I manga? I don't know. It looks hmm. like the art is manga inspired. I, I haven't sure. seen any preview issues or preview pages or anything like that. So we'll see. Nonetheless, I'm really excited for this book. So Mike, Mike just needs more boom books about fringe sports. I mean, first it was roller, <laughs> this is roller derby, and now it's fencing. And you're right. In three months, Mike's going to be reading a highlight book. I guarantee it. That's just, <laughs> if, it's if, just a trajectory it, of things, dude. You know what? The one of the most like hard to find manga out there is a book about the the board game Go. Like that's a whole thing. That's a whole like. <sighs> Renee told me about this, and I'm very excited. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to read about when it comes to super ridiculously competitive all ages-esque books is fringe sports and gaming so why not like i'm never gonna get into Yu-Gi-Oh. i just can't wait for when we find out renee's fucking with us about these where he's like yeah right? i've been reading a new manga this one's about competitive jet ski acrobatics okay <laughs> all right renee i buy it yeah like he's ta- you know he talks about that robot x laser beam book it blows yeah. my mind it's a golf book Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for Fence, and I think everyone else should. There, there's a Kevin Wada variant cover that's going to be out there that oh. just looks beautiful. So, And that's how I heard about this, and I'm, that's why I'm very excited. So, whew, Fence. For our show this week, we are going to be talking about Star Wars comics. Just just as a blanket, hey, what's up with Star Wars comic books? I mean, there's this movie coming out later this year, so maybe it's time relevant. I don't know. But <laughs> as far as Star Wars comics are concerned right now, you know, Marvel per- like basically pulled back the license to Dark Horse that they had given them for so many years to say, hey, we're going to start publishing our own books under this big Disney Marvel conglomerate thing so that all the movies and all the comic books could be in this concise universe. Got rid of some of the old stuff, moved it into what they called Star Wars Legends or Extended or Old Universe or whatever, and all the new stuff that's being published is considered strictly canon, and it happens and it exists as part of the greater movie television universe. So... I guess if if you were someone getting into Star Wars comic books right now, um, Kate, Nick, what would you guys recommend? I mean, personally, if what you love are the, you know, four, four, five, and six, and I think the easiest toe-in is to start with Star Wars Volume 1 of the new ones that Disney and Marvel, you know, Disney Marvel's put out. It's by Jason Aaron, and it is a good series. I mean, it's actually one of the better ones and it's the i think the most approachable because it's all the characters you recognize and they're going on adventures just like you remember kind of thing right and right. um and then once you like are like oh cool star wars comics are a thing like try kieran gillen's darth vader comic series because it's amazing and it's done which sometimes is a more approachable when you're like okay there's four volumes of this i can you know i can do that versus like a really long ongoing thing I think right, that would be right. my, my answer was someone said, what should I try? I, so I, I own all of those books, but I haven't read all of the Star Wars books uh, the, the, of this new con- this new iteration with, uh, I think it was Jason Aaron and the guy who did Authority. Or no, the first, the first artist was John Cassidy. John Cassidy, yeah. yeah. The, the Star and, Wars books have had different artists for different arcs. 
Right. Um, do they? I know that in the, like the old Howard Shaken books. Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. They kind of mm. leaned into the Luke Leia romance thing. I'm guessing they do that less <laughs> in uh, the new series. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think they're in a tough position because you know um, Jason Aaron and and Kieran Gillen are Monday morning quarterbacking it because of course we know what happens in <laughs> what? four, five, and six. What is that? Re- what is that phrase even? Oh God, I realize I can't use sports <laughs> analogies with you people. Jesus. Not even that. What do okay. you? What is a Monday so, morning so quarterback? So here's the deal. Okay, most NFL football games are played on Sunday. So Monday morning quarterbacking it is when you say basically it's woulda, coulda, shoulda-ing it, you know, the day after the game. You know, it's basically saying, you know, I would have done this or I could have done this. So it's called Monday morning quarterbacking. Okay. Um, Okay. I've never heard that phrase before. I'm familiar with football. I know how it works. I'll send you some JPEGs of football at some point. I've heard of quarterbacks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and because the quarterback is the leader of the team, it's the idea, you know, I would have done this or I would have made this decision. So now, I see. now I you see. know. Anyway, so I think they're in a it's it's a fun interesting position because obviously if they wanted to, they could go ahead and be like we need to keep this as platonic as fuck um because we know how this plays out, but of course, Luke and Leia don't know that at the time and so Obviously, I know it would appear that they've tried to not <laughs> not make things real weird, but of yeah, course I'll say they, they're not like, as cringy as past iterations. <laughs> it's okay. it's it's towing the line well enough. I mean, obviously, they've tried to amp up the Han and Leia thing because of how we know how that plays out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's more of a an emphasizing of that um, in order to downplay the Luke Leia um, uh, cringe fest. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, that's the only question I have about Star Wars. Thank you for listening to the I Read Comic Books podcast. No, yeah, that's um, it. I guess, so, and, so okay, so there's the origi- there's like the main Star Wars storyline that happens, and that takes place between episode four and episode five, correct. right? Correct. Right. Okay. Follows so the where destruction does, of the Death Star, yes. Okay, so where does the Darth Vader storyline, Kate, that you recommended, where, did th- where does that take place in all of this? Same time. It's right after A New Hope. Okay. Okay. So, so we've got this. We've got this story of following our, you know, main trio and R two D two and C three PO. I'm guessing, as well as this story with that's by Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca, I believe, mm-hmm. that follows Darth Vader post Episode four. Going, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to figure things out. <laughs> he's yeah. in the I'm shit. Guessing. Like he is in a bad. Like he is. He, his his job performance review is not looking real good at this point. Yeah. Okay. He has a lot of people to answer to. And all joking aside, seriously, a lot of that book's beginnings is about Darth Vader. Bas- he's basically demoted, if I, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, there's like up-and-comers he's trying like- to take his place. He gets a babysitter, oh. this old, like, basically he looks like a British, like, aristocrat dude with, I think, like, a monocle of sorts who basically has to follow <laughs> him around and okay. <laughs> supervise him. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Um, it's, it's very weird. But it's really good. I like that they go, because he's going to try, he's, like, trying to figure stuff out. He's going to all these different planets. So it's, like, the fun parts of Star Wars where you get to see new cool planets and cool creatures and Darth Vader's out there, like, being smart and savage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and then now the the new Darth Vader series, I actually read the first volume of this week, is by Charles Soule. And it is set bef- between episodes three and four. Whoa. So it's Whoa, when 
when right after Anakin, like right after Padme has died and Anakin finds out mm-hmm. and is like taken under the wing of the Emperor to become his like apprentice or whatever. So this first arc is all about how Darth Vader got his red lightsaber. And it turns out you have to, There, none of them are red. What you have to do is steal one from a living Jedi and corrupt Whoa, the spoilers. saber. Whoa, spoilers. Okay, no, what? I'm kidding. They're I'm not kidding. spoilers at all. It's like the back no, of the kidding. book. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, I know, I know. it's an origin story for an object. And I'm just like, this could be a whole genre of things. What other objects in the world do we need uh, origin stories for? Hans Blaster Pistol. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. where yeah. was this manufactured? <laughs> Yeah, um, well, actually, in in that regard, I mean, was the Lando book, Nick, I believe you read that, was the Lando book oh, yeah. all about the Millennium Falcon, or was there more to Lando's story? Um, I don't think it was Millennium Falcon-centric. I, I know in the past that's always been... I don't know if Han getting it from Lando is canon anymore. Um, really? I'm not certain of that. Jesus, maybe I'm remembering this book wrong. I mean, the, this no, you to... are, you are. He's trying to steal the Emperor ship. Right, and it's okay. like a ship. He doesn't know it's the Emperor ship, and then they steal it, and they're like, "That's oh, why shit, it's the goes Emperor to shit." Ship. Yeah. yeah, okay. And it's, it has it's a, whole a heist bunch of story. Sith stuff on it, like Sith uh, museum, basically. Sith in it. Yeah, it's a. Okay. It's pretty good. The art is good. Uh, it's just a mini, so it's just five issues, and so. My only complaint was that they didn't really go deep on anything. Like they, the stuff about the Sith artifacts was interesting, but it was like two pages long, and yeah, so gotcha. it was it was that kind of downside of having a mini. I do like that they're doing self-contained minis for a lot of these characters. Like unlike a lot of people, I really like the che- Chewbacca mini, um, and then others were just like they just didn't need to be full things, like the Princess Leia one. That did not need to be a full series, and so they didn't make the princess, it one. Yeah, the Princess Leia one was kind of disappointing. Yeah, because it was very in my mind. She's she's way more badass. I mean, like yep. and she's pretty cool and awesome in that in that book, and I really liked the like attitude and the mentality that she had. But I wish that they would have given her a better story to no go with. Because frankly, it was I I did read that, and I was very disappointed. Um, even with like you know Terry Dodson on art, I thought he did a pretty solid job. Um. There was there was just some weirdness in that book that I was like, oh, this this was not as interesting as I was hoping it would be that they could wrap it up because I've heard so many good things about all the other Star Wars books. Yeah, um, yeah, she but, has uh, some good books. Like I just read uh, Bloodline, which is all about her uh, right before Force Awakens when she's like in the comment Senate that and this is oh, an that's, actual yeah book. that's that's you read words on a page it's um this new thing no actually i didn't even do that i listened to the audiobook because star wars books have awesome enhanced audio with like blaster oh, yeah. noises and all that stuff it was pretty cool um so yeah they give her like some writers do a good job with her i didn't think the mini uh for the comics was fell into that camp yeah, I think yeah, that so, the beef with the Chewbacca one that people had is basically that all of the characters except Chewbacca aren't like characters you know. So it's Phil Noto on art, so yeah, it's but, incredibly beautiful. Did you read yeah, this one? Yeah. No, I didn't, and that's. I mean, oh, I was of the opinion like, did this need to be a book in the first place? Oh, but, but it's but, so um, fun. See, and that's and that's what I've also heard for for people that like are like, oh, don't don't hate on this Chewbacca book, and I'm like. Yeah, but how many issues is it? It's five. It's just a mini. He goes to, when he's like on a planet doing a separate run from anyone, everyone else, he finds like this slave 
uh, girl and helps her escape and all that stuff. It's just like a little mini adventure of him helping this girl and the girl's badass and he's like a strong Wookiee. So it's helping her escape from her captors on this planet kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like it, this that book is going to eventually fall into my hands and I will eventually read it because get it I, for like $2. I have this... I have this hoarder mentality of like, well, let's just get all the Star Wars books while we can. (laughs) And this is how I got super deep into the Ultimate Marvel Universe, which was very bad for my wallet. I owned every single volume of every single Ultimate book up to Ultimatum. There's so many. At one point. Yeah, Kate. I was a broke college student and decided that I needed the comics more than than food. More than food, Um, yeah. So, okay, all right. So well, there's, I'm so there's gonna all these give books. you the real pitch because here's the what the definition or the not definition the summary says for the uh, back. He uh, is sure. helping a young and feisty girl in need. <laughs> Who wouldn't read that? <laughs> yeah, you're really uh. selling me on a cake. It was not well pitched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, so I mean I guess there's and there's been. What, there's the Poe Dameron book that's also coming out right now. That yeah. was the the Road to Star Wars: The Force Awakens book that came out. That pretty much sums up what thirty years of canon in five issues or something like that. That was Greg Rucka who was on that book. I I didn't read it. I'm just going off of my my memory of everything that was coming out. Um, I guess for if you guys have read some of the older stuff, it sounds like Kate, you've maybe read some of the books, and Nick, I know you've read some of the comics and maybe some of the books. Um, I'm I think a lot of the books. I'm just in like assuming um like or that <laughs> books and comics uh have you guys seen things that have been pulled in from the old star wars canon into this new one and has it been like adapted well yeah you're you're seeing some elements i think what's really interesting <clears throat> even though it's a real slow burn is that um star wars legends canon i believe as it's called um legends or legacy Ugh, whatever i think it's legends Whatever. Anyway, the old Star Wars canon, let's just refer to it as that, um, it felt like for a long time, um, I mean long time, like a year or two, that they were trying to make a very clean break from that canon. And so a lot of fans were like, well, you know, we really liked this character, or we really liked this ship, or we really thought this planet was cool. And it felt like for a while, Marvel and, and Star Wars was like, look, like, we're not going to enter into the slippery slope that is, like, slowly letting some of that come back in, because it's like, where do we draw the line? That's just my interpretation of it. And that being said, we have started to very slowly see certain parts of old canon um, get roped back in. For example, um, there was an Imperial Admiral named Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, who was a, an okay, interesting... I know about him. You I know, know about that one. <laughs> That's the only one I know about. <laughs> okay. And he is now in Rebels, which I don't watch, but I know he's part of that. And um, he was a character that was made famous by the 1993... Um, trilogy of books air i think it was heir to the empire by timothy zahn oh yeah and he I've was actually, a big yeah yeah he was a well-received character and kind of a unique one because as a lot of people know um one of the um sort of uh, big bullet points of joining the you know the empire is a very anti-alien mentality a certain you know real prejudice towards aliens um and well, non-humans he was, yeah non-humans and he was a unique character because he was actually um 
a non-human who had, you know, elevated all the way to the, the role of Grand Admiral. Um, and long story short, uh, he was a very, very well-received character um, from the old universe that has found his way into the new universe, and I don't know how much more we're going to see of that. I know there have been other little things here and there that have been incorporated, but uh, it's kind of exciting to see that maybe Star Wars is willing to compromise on on some level. I mean, don't get me wrong, not everything in the old universe was great, and we don't need all of it back, but it's <laughs> nice to see some level of compromise starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. I will say I have not read any of the old comics. The only experience I have with the old canon, outside of the movies, obviously, um, are the... What were they? The Young Jedi Knights Young books? Jedi Knights They books. were the yeah. best. Sure. And so yeah, we will I, never get Jason and Jaina solo uh, books because right, now they're right. explicitly not canon anymore. And that's the only thing I'd want back. So I don't know. I was, I was say, a big Jaina fan. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was the solo twins. There and they, what, one of them was bad, and or one of them was Sith, and one of them was Jedi. Yeah, eventually. And, I mean, I I only know this just from like little like hearing things from friends. But um, there was also Mara Jade. She was a character that was like Luke's wife. Not, yeah, Luke ended up being Luke's wife, and Emperor's she was hand. Yeah, so she and like I don't, but I I feel like at this point they've established that none of that's really going to happen. At right. least from what we've seen of the Last Jedi. So, I mean, it, we're, they're stamping out, I think, entire storylines and right. entire, like, chunks of books. Um, I know there was, like, what, a Rogue Squadron series, or maybe I'm just thinking of the video oh, the games. X-Wing books. Comics and novels. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, and, but, and we haven't seen if any of that is there, because there is this 30-year gap that we haven't talked about. Um, oh, we have. You're not reading the books. You just got to read the books, man. That's what all of the no, books no, they're putting out are about. Fool. Yeah. Oh, they are putting books out. They yeah, are currently putting books out. Okay. <laughs> so not uh, this comics. I didn't know. The novels. Most right, of the yeah. novels right well, now. They're Shattered Empire out. does bridge it. Yeah. Oh, that's true too. But like the um, a whole, they've just churned out a whole bunch of novels about the time between uh, six and seven. Okay. Okay. Um, see, that's that's the kind of stuff that I would I want to say I would love to read, but I can barely read the books that I want to read, um, like <laughs> well, prose listen, books. Well, listen, because they're read. all enhanced audio, which makes them like ten times better. Right. Yeah. Right, don't right. you want to hear Darth Vader breathing down your neck as you try yeah. to sleep? No, every they day. do. Nick, they do even like uh, atmospheric stuff. So, like when they're in Cantina, you just hear like the background ambient noise of a Cantina or like wherever. Have they done they enhanced are. audio for like Alien? Like has someone read the novelization <laughs> by Alan Dean Foster? Alien. I don't know. You let me know <laughs> how that is. <laughs> right before I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess. So, Kate, you said you haven't read many of the older books. Uh, I've Nick, read I, none you, of the old comics. The old comics. Nick, have you read a lot of the old comics, or is it still just like a... I know you, you've talked a couple times about the, the old Howard Shaken book and just yeah, the insane yeah. shit that they did because no one knew <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you read anything um, else out there that's like... Oh, I know because yeah. for a little while there was a really cool Darth Maul series. I remember there was a Darth Vader series that got really popular right before the Dark Horse contract ended. Um, have you read any of that stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I was younger and the library and I weren't at odds, um, I pretty much read every single <laughs> Star Wars before novel. Before your the blood sun. feud. <laughs> before yeah, okay. before okay. the war of, you know, uh, uh, exactly. 57 so, cents. Yeah. <laughs> 30 bucks. I'm not paying it. Um, <laughs> We're yeah. going to use some of the Kickstarter funds to get Nick back to the library. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're getting me a library card again. There's a it's follow like up I'm, to this, though. The people need to know that now Nick's dad also has a feud. <laughs> it's 
the whole family pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. My dad is, you know, when when the automated voice calls and says, like, he owes, like, 50 cents, like, he gets all mad and, like, on principle, he's like, I'm not paying it. He's like, these people won't leave me alone. <laughs> so the whole the whole white, it's a real Hatfields and McCoys thing over here. It's turning into a, a you know, it's a multi-generational, you know. Uh. You know, you know when I raise, you know when I inevitably raise, you know, you know the kid, my kids, it's gonna be like, you know, we don't. We're not talk going to those there. That's people. the bad place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, son, you have a choice. You can go there, um, or you can be an American. So it's real simple. Um, you can go there, or you can be a part of this family. You have to pick. Yeah. yeah. When I grew up, we had to go there, son, because we—that's where we rented movies, and now we have a choice, and it's called Netflix. And now that they own all of America, we don't have a choice anyway. So, um, yeah. So, Nick, <laughs> anyway, Nick White's so future you, being crafted. Um, so when you yeah, so I read like read all at of the, the library. Books. You read a lot of stuff. Okay. Read like pretty much all of the books, and you know that was an interesting position for my parents because like you know understandably both of them being educators um but not like snooty highfalutin people they were like you know we we would like if maybe you were reading some classics but you know i was just tearing through all of these basically like sci-fi pulp paperback you know rogue squadron books and they're like you know what that's fine like you're not out start you're not you're not outside you know like rough housing with kids or just generally getting <laughs> you know uh fresh air so you know whatever um my so parents. I like read all of those. I read some of the video. I played some of the video games. Um, I've recently been reading some of the comics, but at the time, you know, when you're six or seven, um, you know, a three or four dollar book is something that's tough to to come by. And we've talked about in the past how, you know, just depending upon where you live in the mid '90s, getting your hands on a comic book was nearly impossible. Yeah. Sure. But I remember the one my dad got me. I can't remember. It's like the only. It's the only one that was written, and they were so proud of this by Anthony Daniels, the guy who played C three PO, and he co-wrote this adventure of C three PO and R two D two, which is kind of exciting until I found out in subsequent years that apparently he's a grade A asshole. Oh so, no, um, he's terrible. Oh, like him and R two D 2s actor Kenny Baker had a fucking blood feud. They hated each other, and he would not stop spreading shit about Kenny Baker all the time. So what? <laughs> It's true. It's true. This it's is true. Look TMZ. it up. Look it up. They hate um, each other so much. But, um, but yeah, the old comics were interesting. Uh, if anyone, I, I realize that a lot of people are like they're not canon anymore. What value do they have? And and there is sort on. of a stereotype. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there's also a stereotype that Dark Horse was kind of like... Edgy. <laughs> well, here's the point, right? Yeah. So, Well, that they, they got lazy, you know, that they were handed this property and they didn't really... Um, really do anything that exciting with it which which is just not true they they were able to pretty much do whatever they wanted because you know 94 95 96 you know we're talking about years when the star wars property is effectively doing nothing except releasing these special you know george lucas i put three extra x-wings in this scene come watch my movie in theaters <laughs> it's, in, it's in thx right. sound now it's so much better and you can see that one jawa hiding in the cave his eyes are you know have a higher luminescence it's way better come see my movie that's that's that was the trailer for uh yeah yeah uh, so, you know, Dark Horse was doing a lot of crazy, interesting things. They went way back in time and did the whole Knights of the Old Republic, you know, several thousand years before. And um, one of my favorite books that I would definitely recommend to people 
um, is a series called Star Wars Legacy, which takes place, I think, hundreds if not thousands of years after the stuff that we know um, so very well, and it involves Cade Skywalker, who is the last surviving heir to the Skywalker name, uh, and the uh, adventures he has in an era that's very... um, very Sith populated, and and I like that series a lot. I thought that was a really good um, reinvention, and that's um, written by uh, Jan Durzma and John Ostrander. Um, and I I can't say enough positive things about that. Um, I Adam remember Hughes when that was coming out. Covers for that, yeah, yeah, so that's, yeah. That's one that I can't recommend enough. the The original comic that came out as well with Howard Chaykin um, drawing it. And I think um, I think Archie Goodwin, the famous Batman editor, he at least was writing it at one point. And yeah. as I've said m- many times before, that book is just great because here they are trying to craft the future of Star Wars, not quite knowing where the next movie is going to go. And there are some obvious <laughs> missteps that don't quite end up quite in line with um, uh, canon and how things play out. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know those those are really good. The Brian Wood run, which was also just simply called Star Wars, which was almost immediately before um, the license got handed back. I think at fourteen, two thousand fourteen. Um, yeah, Wood's run was really good. It suffered from some real bad swap out art after the first arc, but um, yeah. I mean, say, I I will try to defend Ryan Kelly here, who was the swap out artist. <laughs> um, was he? I believe so. Maybe I believe he was he, the first. Or, or I thought he the, the first, first one was okay, but it got worse. Yeah, I I do remember reading that book, and I think getting to around issue eight or nine, and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, like, yeah. <laughs> which was a bummer because I really wanted to try to read a Star Wars book at that time because um, I I was trying to branch out into less into actual properties, despite my hatred of property licensed books. Um, I wanted to try Star Wars book because I'd only heard good things about it. And then, you know, it, it kind of got weird and the story became really slow and strange. Um, and then everything just dropped off. So I never kept up with it. Um, but I guess like, I think there were some books that were running at the final moments that were, I think really popular, which is why the handover felt like such a sudden yeah. slap no. in the face to fans because it was like star star Wars books were starting to get really good again. Not to say they weren't always good, but I remember, I know that there was a slump for a while um, where they just kept releasing new books over and over to see what would work and then they finally got like three or four books running side by side that weren't all yeah. were involved but they were I all really Matt Kent good was telling a han solo story right towards the end i forget the yeah. name of it but but matt kent was writing a han solo tale that was really good and it was almost like it was probably almost like dark horse was told like you've the clock's ticking you've got like a half year to do you know, to try to, you know, put a dot all your I's and cross your T's on this property, and then we're going to mm-hmm. take it back and make some fat, fat money off this thing, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but there, there's still interesting stuff there to be found. Um, I, especially, like I said, I, I think, I think one of the things that is kind of interesting about the, the modern Marvel Star Wars books, and I've complained about this uh, at least a million times to everyone on this show before, and I don't know if it's been <laughs> on literally on this show before, but sure, you know, there's something slightly constraining about um, what can be done with with you know with the modern Star Wars books, you know, because they've mm-hmm. gotta you've got to make sure this story lines up between this movie and this movie, and uh, you can't kill off this character because they've got to show up in Episode Eight, and you can't. 
Um, sometimes if you're a real spoil sport and you, and you start thinking about things too much, you can just go down the checklist and be like, I know seven of the eight protagonists in this book, like, are, you know, from a chronological standpoint, are incapable of actually dying by the time, right. you know, yeah. the next one comes out, which, you know, just don't think about that stuff too much. Just don't. I think that's one of the reasons Dr. Afra is so fun and so popular, besides being a fantastic right. character, is that you're totally right when you're talking about the like the main characters that are in all the movies and everything so that having her as like the spin-off character from Darth Vader where Kieran Gillen created her and like obviously there's like we've talked about this off the show but like obviously she's either going to die or become not a big big deal in the galaxy where she wouldn't appear in the movies um mm-hmm. But still, that's so ambiguous, and you have so much time to deal with them, because all her stories are, like, day-to-day, right? So, like, you could tell, you know, a thousand issues of a comic and still not reach the next movie, and the next movie right. tells you nothing about what happened to her. So I think that's one of the reasons it's so fun. Plus murder droids. Murder droids are the Plus best. Plus murder droids, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was going to say, I think that there is a lot of room for that stuff. I don't know what Kieran Gillen did, but he struck fucking gold with oh, Dr. Afra. so Afra. good. And it's it was really surprising hearing about all of this. And I did go back and I did read the first volume of Darth Vader. And I was like, holy shit, this character is cool. And the fact that it, she kept going on and she had all these characters and they made little Funko Pops about her character. Like, it's insane. She's the in video, a lot games of video games now, yeah. now too. And she, yeah, and she's showing up. And I, I it's, it's unbelievable to think that that is a potential thing that a, a comic book creator could do. Like, I... And we don't, we won't know. I don't unless we, you know, sat down with Kieran Gillen and picked his brain off the record and then revealed it on like a bunch of jerks. But like, did, was this something that Marvel inserted? Was this something that he created? I know that he's talked about it on his blog or whatever. But um, still, it's it's interesting to see that that potential is there. That a great creator could come in on a book or in a TV show or in a comic and do what people have been doing at Dark Horse for the last twenty plus years, creating all these characters and then have them play out in these huge things to say like I. Created this thing, and now it is, you know, a it is like action figure that you can go buy. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen that a lot in like a big licensed yeah. property like this. Like we see it in Marvel and DC, or whatever. Those are like a whole that's like comic book characters in like a whole other realm. But like to see Star Wars taking that and running with it means that you could potentially have a character that is running around at a Disneyland theme park. Like that's wild to me. And and it also helps that Doctor Aphra is fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> like she's also an amazing character that you want to read amazing. more about. Yeah, I, I in a lot of ways, like optimistically, I feel like uh, fingers crossed that um, you know, I realize we're what maybe two and a half, nearly three years into Marvel running these Star Wars books, and I feel like maybe in some way, hopefully, this is Marvel kind of putting on the training wheels right now and trying to bring as many people as they can on board mm-hmm. with recognizable characters and, and and recognizable eras and recognizable planets and ships, et cetera, et cetera, and that hopefully maybe we'll start to slowly gravitate more and more towards people that aren't related to the fucking Skywalkers and that, you <laughs> yeah. know, haven't owned yeah. the Millennium Falcon at some point. And, and, and Dr. Aphra is proof of that and also um kieran gillen's um annual annual number one where he talks about this um rebellion super spy and i can't i think his name is eneb ray i don't know if you've read this one mike but like it's this super spy and he's put on this mission and he ends up nearly killing the emperor except he like 
shocks him, and I don't want to reveal too much because he ends up playing a huge part in the ongoing, which I thought was really cool. I mean, so many annual issues are so underutilized, they're just throwaway shit. Um, and he ends up getting roped back into Star Wars Volume 3 Rebel Jail in a very, very interesting way. Um, to, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but my point being is that sort of these more original characters. Um, that, like I said, aren't directly related to characters we're familiar with or are on missions or involved in things that we really don't know that much about. Uh, maybe we're slowly gravitating that way. I, I realize it's probably slower than some people want, but I think we're slowly starting to reach a point, um, for better or for worse, where we're not having to rely on some of these um, crutches to, you know, bring readers along with us. So Right, right. Um, yeah, there's an entire galaxy of planets. There, there's so and much characters. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the kind of the kind of thing you can go do anything you want in that universe. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting is to see see the Star Wars franchise play with that in the movies. Like getting a Rogue One movie, right? Um, is really interesting because nobody was Backstory, really in that the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, sure, there was some ties in in some general concepts that, like, obviously tie back to the greater Star Wars storyline. But all of the main characters were just like other Star Wars pe- people, you know. And that mm-hmm. to yeah. me shows that Disney is at least willing to try to do that, even yeah. if it's slow going. They're willing yeah, to try, and my... maybe we'll see more of that in the Lando movie too. I mean, the Han Solo movie, or sorry, Han Solo. My sister sorry, and. Brother-in-law are big into Star Wars, and when that came out, and they were like trying to figure out when it's set and stuff, they're like, "Wait, so it's just like telling how they got the plans, and then nothing like connect." Like after they watch it, nothing like blah blah blah. I'm like, "Let me tell you about backstory arcs." <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rogue Rogue One was was a I backstory, but like, I loved it. I thought it was a really cool movie. Like you knew the end, yeah. but at the same time, so you good. felt for these characters. Um, yeah, well, you knew the end, but you also didn't quite know the end. Right, you for didn't them, know the characters then. You knew the end so for the plans. Yeah, and right. I mean, if if you read some articles about how Disney went back and forth and back and forth on how to end that movie, it's fascinating because they had a world of a time trying to decide how they were going to end that movie, as you might cool. imagine. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. They 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 tried some more crowd pleasing. Uh, Stuff oh, I think they, landing, they picked well then. They did. Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I still think it was gutsy. I still yeah. think there were probably some people, especially people who like had to explain to their kids like the notion <laughs> of human sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready for this discussion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So let's. I guess let's wrap up real quick. Then, if you guys had to pick all any of the Star Wars books that are out there, like a single volume to recommend to someone, what mm-hmm. would you recommend? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's real easy to say. Star Wars, um, Volume 1, uh, Jason Aaron, John Cassidy. But for me personally, um, I'm going to go a little bit a little bit offbeat and say uh, the Lando um, standalone miniseries. You have fantastic okay. writing from Charles Soule. Uh, you have glorious, glorious art by Alex Maleev. Just uh, It's a great pairing, just fantastic art. Um, and it's really, you know, dealing with a character that, especially because the, the Legends canon is now evaporated, so to speak, we have this character that effectively really has no backstory now. Right. Um, it's a great, it's a great story. Um, it's got sort of a Ocean's Eleven kind of like, we're going to do a big heist, uh, scenario going on, um, which, you know, puts it into a sort of a different subgenre that I really enjoy, um, 
you know, it's a bunch of mercenaries. We don't have anyone with crazy force powers or anything like that. We have just people trying to run run a scam on the Empire. And I think that that's, um, it's really interesting. And it's, uh, and of course it's standalone and it might not be as approachable as just literally Star Wars, but um, I think there's a lot of enjoyment to be, you know, derived from it. Cool. Kate, what about you? Yeah, I'd say it depends on the person. Um, with any media tie-in stuff, I think the best bet is always to start with the character you're most interested in. And so if you're most interested in Lando, then yeah, by all means. Um, otherwise, just quality-wise and accessibility, I'd say start with Vader. Uh, that's the Darth Vader number one volume by Kieran Gillen. And that gets you uh, knowing mm-hmm. who Dr. Aphra is. And then just read every Dr. Aphra book ever because they're amazing. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, well, for me, I for the for the few Star Wars books that I have read, I would definitely say the Han Solo book um, with Marjorie oh, Liu okay. and Max Brooks, I believe. Um, this is a super cool book about Han Solo doing a small job for Princess Leia. Um, there's a mystery afoot. He's in the middle of a race. This is it's star. It's uh, it's Han Solo. It is most Han Solo. It is peak Han Solo <laughs> more than I've ever seen or read in anything. Oh, I would say of all the people dialogue-wise that writers struggle to write dialogue for, Han Solo is so hit and miss for if people can oh, actually yeah. capture his his like witty banter kind of thing because he speaks in a very specific way, not just like general witty, but like I don't even know Just how to the, describe the dead it. Dead panning as well. Yeah, it's, yeah and it's certain no, no, writers it, hit it, and a lot don't. I, I I completely agree with you there, and I think the combination of Mac, or Mark Brooks's art and Marjorie Liu's writing, like it, it's perfect. Like he gets the facial expressions right, she gets the dialogue done so well. Nice. I, like I couldn't be- like I was so very impressed. I think there's a moment in issue two or issue three where there's a scene, and I'm just like. That is the most Han Solo thing I've ever read, more than I've seen in the movies. It's it's so good. So I would recommend that Han Solo miniseries. It's fantastic. Like it is, it was the most fun I've had reading a licensed book in a very long time. I can safely say that. Wow. Um, wow. And that's coming from me, Mister. I hate licensed products or licensed <laughs> products. So, um, anyways, so let's wrap up the show here. Um, Nick, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Death Star Plans on Twitter. That's pretty much it. That's how I like it. <laughs> Sometimes you show up on the Goodreads group. Kate, what about you? Yeah, that's yeah true. I'm on Goodreads. I'm also on Twitter at Kate Scotchless. Um, cool. Uh, I guess uh, I didn't tell anyone what to do for this week's show. But, uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Mike Rappin as well as on Medium sometimes. You can also follow the show at IRCB Podcast where we retweet stuff at 3 in the morning like I did last night. And uh, <laughs> you can also check out our weekly poll that we do on Fridays um, where I ask absurd questions and people give me the best answers and responses. Um, you can also check out our Goodreads group that Kate mentioned. That's if you just go to Goodreads and search I Read Comic Books with the first group. We're almost 300 people strong, which is awesome. We've got a lot of people commenting on our threads where we talk about our monthly show as well as discussions on comics and just we have a general miscellaneous comic slash stuff place now, so you can just come and hang out, which is nice. Um, you can also check out our website, ircbpodcast.com, where you can follow up on all of our episodes. You can check out some information about our Kickstarter. You'll see our Kickstarter page, which is going to have all the people who contributed to the Kickstarter, their name on there. Um, and you can also check out our comic book creator industry pronunciation guide that is ever growing with full of names of the people that create the things that you love. Um, you can also rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. I honestly cannot encourage people 
enough to go do this because it really helps us look legit and it also boosts our ranking so more people can find us um, and it means a lot to us and I think if you people start commenting reviews maybe we'll just start reading them on the show that would be something we could start doing like every other show out there on the internet um, you can also email us at ircb at destroythesive.org and I'll say hello back to you um, Infinity Shred does all the music for us they're the absolute best I love them a lot and they're super awesome guys Xander is the coolest dude he also edits the show um, so finally, I guess from everyone here, say th- I just like fl- th- going through all the credits. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't realize I didn't give anyone anything to do this week. Uh, so thank you for listening to the show. Any final thoughts from Nick and Kate? I, I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, yeah. get in there and start reading those Star Wars books. And for those of you who think they're maybe a little too expensive, just wait around because I guarantee this is coming from someone who doesn't work at Comixology. So it's not like some inside scoop, people. This is Nick White <laughs> just making a prediction. Let's just be clear here. There's no insider information here. I guarantee there's going to be a really big Star Wars sale when this new movie comes out. So those like who are sort of waiting it, to yeah. dip their like before so those waiting to dip their toes i think that's probably going to be the right time to do it i wouldn't even go on comics ally they're actually cheaper on the amazon kindle sales when those happen all of these books drop to like two dollars a piece for volumes yeah yeah so yeah do that read some star wars books so and, and until next time we will check you later <laughs>